thought that was fun. Been setting up the computer. Uh, it's all working, man. Uh, seems like it's much better. I got a little bit of life breathe back into my 2013 Mac Pro. I'm happy camper with that. So I found a little bit of my stock music that I use for the videos. And I said, you know what? That one would sound pretty cool on the podcast. Not that I'm going to be into doing the whole thing like that again. But anyway, um, want to jump into, we got a ton of comments, man. Thank you guys for commenting. I'm going to go back in time a little bit to get some of these comments because um, there's a lot. And that's awesome. We, we need you guys to keep on commenting like you're doing um, okay, so we got a couple, love the podcast, love the podcast, great info, guys, awesome, pie. Uh, thank you, guys, a lot of that stuff, um, then I got a comment, I'm surprised from, who's this, uh, I don't even know, Loxo don't, or whatever, I don't even know what the heck your username is, dude, it's like fucking, who knows, it says, I'm surprised that you didn't mention the JP rifles for a top-line AR, no one innovates, true, I just didn't think on the fly, um, all the, a lot of this stuff is off the cuff, so, um, you know, I don't think as quick. And I thought about the 224, but then when Mike was talking like AR, I thought he was talking more of your M4 type. So I didn't, I don't have the JPs in that. I just have it in the 224. But definitely JP would be one of my first choices. It's an awesome rifle, and I just love that 224. It just rocks. Apple totally sucks balls. Idiots keep giving them too much money for utter trash. Nope. Works great. Love Apple. I'm not a Windows guy, and I'm not going to be. Hey, Frank, um, why do they swerve back and forth? Uh-oh, so this is um, Armor Shell 621. Hey, Frank, why do they swerve back and forth like crazy in NASCAR when they're on the breather lap? Uh, when they're on the caution laps, uh, what they're doing is they're getting the junk off their tires. Uh, sand and pebbles and things, the uh, wheels get super sticky, so that gives them grip. They talk about grip a lot. And um, so they swerve back and forth to clean off their tires. So when they restart, they don't spin them. So that's what it is. And that way they get a better launch. They got to launch off. They even throw like in the pit stalls that are concrete. They throw like a Coke syrup down uh, so they can stick. So that's one of the reasons that. Okay, KCH. See, he has a normal one. KCH has a normal username. Hey, Frank, next time you all do a history episode, maybe go into the early years of your comp shooting. What got you in it in the first place after the core? Who, what, where? Um, it was the site. I'm my morning coffee, so hang on a second. So it was a website. So I started the website, and I started reconnecting with um, uh, people, you know, shooters. I was living in Connecticut. Not a lot of great shooting going on in Connecticut. And, um, you know, I had like Blue Trail Range had 200 yards, you know, and then we had uh, Naugatuck had a little range. I was actually a member of the Naugatuck one and uh, it was 100 yards. So then I started connecting with people and traveling. One of the first comps I shot early on was a Carlos Hathcock one in New Jersey. It was a 300 yard on a pistol target and then they made like a pencil x-ring in the head so it was like a 25 yard pistol target put at 300 yards and uh i actually had did really well in that got a trophy or two out of it shot it with a bunch of guys then we shot the raton spirit of america my first tactical match was uh badlands 
and I shot the sniper quest, and that was like the first time I met Terry Cross. I met a whole bunch of those guys that are that Texas Southern Terry's Louisiana, but um, a lot of those Southern guys who you see the old school OG guys. I mean, that's where I met them. Then shortly after that, I went because. The Badlands Sniper Quest match was supposed to be a Sniper's Hide one. And then it just came out that Bobby and I didn't get along from Badlands. And it turned into like mega bad blood after that. Um, And so uh, that was originally on track to be a Sniper's Hide event. Well, then when I didn't do it and uh, Jacob got a hold of me, came up to Connecticut and and I went down and shot... Rifles only snipers paradise matches at the time at rifles only and so that's where that came in so my early comp days were Mostly rifles only but um, I shot Badlands. I shot storm mountain uh, I shot ASC and Then the F classy kind of stuff that we did um, another one I did was TAC pro so you had rifles only TAC pro Badlands Storm Mountain and ASC were the tactical ones that represent or, or at least appear like they do today. So those were those matches that I shot. Um, and then, like I said, we, we were sprinkling in some F-Class stuff. Love the podcast, but it's always quiet. Dude, it's in the app, man. Um, some shamtastic guy can't figure out how to get the volume up on the app we talked about this several times in the app it defaults to halfway make sure if you're linking through your phone you turn the volume up on your phone into your car and then you could turn the volume up from there but the sound is fine on the app it's it's your setup hey frank really like the episode you all did with the students maybe you can do another one uh, in the next class maybe i'll grab a bunch of the ak guys i'll come to find out i just found out i'm flying up tomorrow with one of the guys from uh, the class. He's he's flying from the lower 48, going up to Alaska, and he'll be on the same flight as me heading up. So I'll get to uh, hang out with a student a little bit. Long flight, man, going up to AK like five hours from here, and I'm in a nonstop. Um, so there's that. But, yeah, we can think about doing ones with the students and stuff. Um, HCI, Voight, or whatever. Now that you've mentioned Facebook, I realize I haven't seen you post in a long time. Call those bastards out by name and appreciate everything you're doing. I've learned a bunch from you and the crew. I've uh, asked before, but I'll ask again. Could you put a class at an established range like Altus? I'd love to take a class, but won't be able to travel to Colorado to do it. I know the Altus guys I'm friends with, man. I probably could do a class at Altus. My schedule is pretty, you know, tight. I'm doing a Tennessee class, like I said, but that's a private one. I'm doing the Minnesota, the Gopher Hill or whatever that's called range. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I am doing some at established ranges. And I'm sure I could go do an Altus and talk to uh, the guys over there. I, I would not be adverse to it. It's just, you know, I don't think about it trying to fit it into my schedule. Uh, do you guys mind touching on the topic of small versus light firing pin with the AIATs? Uh, weighing the pros and cons of going with an ATLE for an AX stock small firing pin or buying a much cheaper used one with a large in the standard stock. Here's, I, you know, I get a lot of, I, I'm, I'm conflicted on the firing pins. It did solve a problem. 
But I want to say that problem was not necessarily AI's doing, but the aftermarket barrel. Because I'm going to go my 97 uh, 1.5, my AW 1.5, okay? GA Precision spun up a 260 barrel for that rifle like in 2007, okay? And I never, ever popped a primer or a firing pin, or, you know, pierced the primer. I never did anything. It's a large firing pin. It's a, it's an, a legacy AW, and I never, ever had a problem. The only time and when I moved to a small firing pin, I had gotten an OTM aftermarket 6.5 Creedmoor barrel, and that one popped or pierced the primer. So then from there, I, I ended up, I was like a year behind because my other ones were fine. I, and, and I get a lot of yelling at, I get yelled at for this. And so I'm going to be straight up with you guys. This is just my opinion. This, you could take it for what it's worth that there's some gunsmiths out there. Maybe they could tell you, but I think the problem was, and here, here's my solution back in the day. George and those guys would always want to look at the receiver because there was some variations in the receivers, okay? And you got to figure all those rifles were designed for a 308, right? 308 parent case. If you look up the spec on a 6.5 Creedmoor, there's a bunch of variations that I don't think get taken into account when you uh, do an off-the-shelf uh, barrel, uh, you know, a, a pre-fit. The, to me, the problem is the pre-fit. And when you put the barrel on that's designed for a 308 but chambered for a 6.5, you run into a small variation which then helps lead to the Pierce Primer, Okay. I went, it happened to me, it didn't happen to me until like 15 or 16, I was at Altus Core, whatever you want to call it, and I popped a 6.5 primer, or pierced it, and that, it took me, you know, almost seven years to do that, and I, you know, I just think that the pre-fits aren't 100% to spec, where if you take your large firing pin version have a barrel made to that receiver i don't think you'll run into a problem but i don't know man it depends what you shoot it depends on the primer um you know i wouldn't want to go shoot a small firing pin out of the big one but you can get it bushed for 250 or so you can buy an aftermarket from them or a, a replacement of a bolt but I honestly think if it's if it's matched, if you match the receiver and the barrel together, the large firing pin won't hurt it. Because, I mean, there's other actions out there that the firing pins are pretty close and you don't see that happening. The difference is the pre-fit versus machine to that action when you take the measurements. So if you got a good gunsmith and you can bring it in or something like that, I think you, I think you can... Um, I think you can get around it. You know what I mean? But I don't know, man. It's 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 hard to say. The nice thing is there's enough lower cost fixes out there 
where I don't think you'll run into a problem. But I'll talk, I mean, I'll get Adam, we'll try to get Adam on here too, because Adam's the AI, you know, armorer for the U.S., so maybe we could talk to Adam, and he's a gunsmith and all. See, I've had pushback on that theory, but to me, it, it just makes sense because when we started going to pre-fits, we started having problems, and prior to that, I had, like, I was 260. I wasn't, three, you know, 6'5 Creed, but I didn't have a single issue with my 260s uh, until, until we started going to pre-fits. Um, okay, Frank, uh, grateful, Frank, you come to Alaska and spend as much time holding training here. Seem to have to travel to lower 48. Yep, uh, going to be in the June class. Look forward to seeing you. Robot Doc, he always says something. Lighten up, Frank, shit stirs need to be. I'm just, I mean, understand this, man. I'm ranting. It's funny. It's fun. You know, I'm just kind of going out and being a bit bombastic. So I know I drop a lot of f bombs. I got I, I saw Mike yesterday. So I go into Mile High. I had to go take care of the stuff in the class and in debrief and all that other stuff with Diane and Randy and go see them before I leave. And um, he's telling me that that Rio was repeating some of the stuff that I was saying in that podcast. What does like effing you know mean? And I'm like, oh shit, I gotta like stop swearing like that. But guys, don't. I mean. Yeah, it's 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 a bit dis, but trust me, they do not get me down. They empower me when they bitch. You know what I mean? I've been dealing this my entire adult life. You know, since the day I showed up in the Marine Corps, um, uh, you know, enlisted when I was seventeen, and then showed up a few months after I turned uh, eighteen. And it's been day one. You always got to prove up. You always got to stand up. You always got to do that. These guys don't affect me like that. I'm just going on rants and wanting to just let them know, fuck you and, and that kind of thing. But otherwise, I mean, if it got me down, would I be doing this every day? Would I be chasing this and having this kind of passion? Those, those losers can't fucking put a dent in my passion. Uh, when are we going to hear anything about the Ruger M77 precision rifle? Is the M77 a, pre a precision rifle? <laughs> Dune dog. Dude, I don't think the M77 Ruger is a precision rifle. I think it's more like a hunting one. But uh, anyway, uh, probably not. I, I I'm doubt I would go near one for any reason. Um, you know, but if I do come across it, I'm certain to talk about it. Gary, uh, good info for me to follow up on holsters. Uh, uh, also enjoyed the real talk about scopes. Um, yep, uh, great podcast. Looking forward to great feedback this weekend in AK. That's Sean. I think Sean's going to, I'm going to see him. Uh, Brian, Brian, hey, Frank and Mike, you guys should do a second level class, just data and truing. Yeah, we're talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about um, manipulating the class to work in that direction, and like we did with the wind, just addressing uh, software and the ballistics that way, in the same way we've done the wind, okay, I'm probably going to do a class within the class, um, that's what the first class is for, oh, so what he's trying to say is, you can still true shit if you can't, oh, you can't true shit if you can't shoot, right, I mean, part of this thing is, it's you, right, we're the biggest influence in all this stuff, so what he's saying is, I'm, uh, give them try dope, get them close, give them the fundamentals, and then they can come back and do another class. Yeah, I get it. And then Morgan. So what he's saying, well, and we're looking at this. So basically it's becoming where we're going to have a class within the class. We'll have our basic and the fundamental class. 
we're gathering data and we have good data, but you're being adjusted, right? You're being manipulated. We're, we're, we're changing your trigger control. We're changing your follow through. Some guys were putting straight back behind the rifle. We're moving the scopes. All these little things play into your tear down and build up, okay? So when we tear you down and then build you up, there, there's this transition that happens. And what we have to do is we kind of get past that little hump and then our data starts becoming a little better. You know, it's kind of like with this Valkyrie that I'm shooting, it's starting to speed up a little bit and the barrel's changing. So you kind of got to get past that break-in process, that break-in, that realignment for you as a, as, a, as a fundamentally correct precision rifle shooter. And then we take that data, which is why I like that we're grabbing the data a little bit farther into the class rather than in the beginning. We're doing it at the end, not the end, but in the middle. We're doing it in the middle, and that helps um, the accuracy part of it because we've gotten reps in. Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, found the volume boost. We'll have to see. Yeah, okay, shamtastic. Okay, we got two block. Uh, I really looking forward to this weekend's class in AK. I'm an FNG in long range. I know I have problems with trigger press and getting straight behind my rifle. I have had consistent impacts at distance, but I'm reluctant to continue to practice a fear of reinforcing bad habits and positions. I have some data and put some effort forts, uh, ballistic zaps, but yeah, I need help there too. I like these podcasts. Really recently started listening to them on Podbean, always learning something that piques my interest. Thanks for keeping it fun. That's that's the goal, man. That's why you guys are. I mean, the comments are great. The the listeners, the numbers are up, man. We're 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 way beyond. I mean, really, the only one I'm looking at now that we're chasing is Joe Rogan, and uh, I was checking out his damn uh freaking comments, and I don't know how old or how long, but the guy's got six thousand. I'm hoping we're gonna we're gonna reach that because we're only at just at a thousand right now. Um. Thanks for the podcast and little tidbits of truth bombs. Excited to finally meet the man behind the mic this weekend in Alaska. Really glad these classes are available in Alaska. I don't have to add to my travel expenses leaving the state. Yeah, man, um, that's Mark. You know what I mean? Uh, Mark, Mark's like, live, you know, retired up there or whatever you want to call it. Uh, moved up there when he left the military and all that. And, you know, that's that's what's got you there. Mark's a great resource for you Alaskan guys. So go see Wiggies and and just pick Mark's brain. And then uh, Bo Colligan, uh, regarding the Kestrel Fordoff, will it communicate with the Terrapin X? It should. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. It's a Kestrel. The Bluetooth protocol should be identical. So the Terrapin X should link to it no problem. Um, whether or not, and I'm almost positive it will uh, add everything, but we'll find out. Kestrel, so you guys know. Kestrel proper, like the real Kestrel people, are officially on Sniper's Hide and have a several threads that they monitor. So if you have a Kestrel question, Kestrel has logins. You can link them and say, at Kestrel Ballistics, you know, hey guys, what about this? The nice thing is Kestrel took over that, 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 um, that customer support even with the apps. 
you know, the AB stuff and all that. So um, you can talk to him in the forum under the ballistics app section. You can get a hold of Kestrel. Um, uh, so I would think it's going to work. Thanks for the tips on checking gear if you're having issues, specifically scope mounting. Yeah, man, we're seeing a lot of guys just... There's been threads on Sniper's Hide, these guys with the four-wheeler freaking scope mounting deals. And, you know, I kind of laughed and made fun of it a little bit. And, and scope mounting, dude, you guys don't have to get anal retentive on your scope mounting, okay? It's gravity. Once the bullet leaves the board, it's gravity. What's going to influence that more than anything is you and your position. Because canting comes from you. Unless your scope is screwed from the factory and there's camp built into the radical and it has to go back for service. If you marry the flat at the bottom of the scope to the flat at the top of the rail, your pick rail, that's it, man. Deck of cards, you know, business cards. Slide them in, marry flat to flat so they're running together, right? It's the same thing as a spur mount with the key. Spur mount, you slide the key in to hold the scope flat, okay? And then you take it out and you're good. And then just double check with a plumb bob. It costs you nothing. There's no reason to buy these leveling kits. Okay. You're better off buying those tools or getting like the really right stuff mount. All the stuff with the tools that have the keys. Even for a flat one. They have keys now. Ariska or something like that makes one that goes in your pick rail. And then you could put a key to it. I would much rather see you guys spend money on that than spending whatever that friggin' four-level wheeler mount abortion is. I mean, there's no reason to do that. It's ridiculous. I mean, like I said, this guy had an AR-15, and he had four friggin' levels on it to mount a one-to-eight scope. It's like, dude, how far are you really shooting, number one? And number two, are you really canting that bad? And if you are, that's a position issue. That's not your mount. I mean, very rarely are you guys, you can see it once it gets past like two degrees. You know what I mean? It's hugely visible. So, I mean, more most people are canting more than that naturally because they're just moving in between shots than having to worry about like a bad mounting job. But uh, I, I find that kind of like crazy that people are spending that kind of money on on some, you know, really questionable stuff like that um all for stickers as long as you don't go slapping them on the fridge and claiming the groups are yours poo emoji ha, jack right jack something mason malcolm whatever yeah man so i got stickers made so and they came in freaking sticker giant rocks so what i did is i made like the eval sniper's hide sticker and all it is is it's a two-inch circle with, you know, some marks and blah, blah, blah. It's just a, it's a, it's a target. We're going to shoot it. But then I put, like, a gray circle off so it kind of looks like a, a an odd, not, you know what it looks like? It looks like BB-8, that friggin' little droid almost. You know what I mean, I guess. So it's got this gray circle off at 10 o'clock, and that's where your shooter number would go. And then it's attached to a two-inch circle. And then I got like a 3 eighths red dot in the middle. I got a, you know, kind of scoring ring type of thing. And then it says sniper's hide on an angle in a goofy font. And it's cool, but it's a little, I mean, the square, it's die cut. So this is a die cut sticker, I, excuse me, that I did. And um, it's only like two and a half inches square, three inches square, right? So you take a die cut, slap it on the target. I'm going to bring them up to Alaska. 
in the gray, I can write the shooter's number. They can shoot their group. They can shoot the circles. You could shoot either or, you know what I mean? So really, there's like two different targets on there. And it's just quick and easy, and they were like pennies, and they showed up in like three days, and they're really, you know, just something to be Sniper's Hide branded little, you know, easy to carry, slap them on. I could throw 500 of them in my bag, and they don't weigh but, you know, an ounce or two. And so, yeah, stickers, man. I got some more stickers to go with this stuff. I'm always looking how I can, you know, not so much simplify things, but brand it, make it a little bit more tailored to what we're doing, you know, rather than going the shooting C route. I love shooting Cs. Don't get me wrong. I got a bag full of them right now. I'm taking them with me. But there's times where it's like, all right, we could do it a little bit different, you know, like the eval. You're going to go in the first shots you're going to make of the day. You could do it on a sniper's high target. And, and and we could do it the last oh, shots too. And then you got something to keep. But anyway, I, I did another bunch of stickers up. And so there's all that. Um, God, I had some other things I was going to kind of talk about and mention too. Uh, number one, I don't know. It's 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 weird. I, I had a kind of goofy stuff I was uh, watching last night. And I'm I'm spaced on it now because I didn't write it down. But uh, right now I'm tweaking the classes, like because everybody's talking the ballistic stuff, and and that's a main one. I'll get into the ballistic tangent since that's one of the. I don't write any of this. Like I said, I'm stream of consciousness, and none of this crap is written down. And I'm not like going around. If I if I come on something really kind of a cool topic. Then I'll definitely kind of scrawl it down and scribble it and say, oh, I got to do think of talk about this. Don't forget. But in this case, I was going to talk about something and forgot (laughs) my brain's not working like it used to. Plus, I'm only on my second coffee for the day. So that doesn't really help much in a way of that. But the ballistic apps stuff, it it's it's really about number one, it's about your fundamentals and how well you're shooting. Your variation is in that. Okay. There's a large amount. I mean, the funny thing we talk about with these apps and everything, and, and some guys have said that all the you know, it wasn't until the advent of apps that we start talking about all these little noise in the system. And it gets more attention. The the and and Go back to the Shot Show podcast with uh, Brian and Emil Praslik and listen to what he says. I mean, yes, he sells his books on ballistics. Yes, he sells his software, but he still understands you have to be the right kind of shooter. You know what I mean? You have to be fundamentally solid for this stuff to work. Okay, an app is not a magic solution to fix your faults because it's still our input. I mean, one of the arguments and one of the the, the, mon- the big threads, you know what I mean? When we go into like pages and pages and pages, it's Spindrift and Coriolis. Everybody, oh, you got to put on Spindrift and Coriolis. Oh, you got to do this. Otherwise, you know, if you're not doing that, ooh, watch out. You know, it's like... Scary, right? Spin drift and Coriolis. It's one percent. It's one percent of this situation. You are far more than that. Which is why, like in the class, I tell guys, right now, turn it off. Just leave it off. Because number one, it's going to overdo it to begin with. 
Number two, do the wind and make sure you got the wind right so you can line that wind up without it adding. Like in the Kestrel, we mentioned, we turn wind zone one off because wind zone one includes your your uh, aerodynamic jump. It includes your spin drift and all that other stuff. If you, if you turn that to zero and put it to 12 o'clock, it should cancel it out. Well, then you use wind zone two for your actual wind call. That gives you a pure wind call. You need that to check out what mile per hour gun you have, you know. And and thinking about this too, I I, I was thinking of this was one of the conversations in my head going on this morning that the the wind when we always defaulted to ninety degrees, ten miles an hour. And I'm thinking if you start to put in your mind what mile per hour gun you have. Then you get away from that 90-10 deal because it's easy to get. They What they wanted to do is they wanted you to, you know, 10 an easy number. What is the percentage of the win based on 10? But we now know you want to have it matched to your rifle. So if you have a 4, 5, or 6 mile an hour gun, well, you should only be thinking in that number. And then whatever the actual wind value is it's based off of knowing what that number is going to do so no more do you default your stuff you're better off defaulting your software's wins like even like the free ones online and all this stuff when you look at it they usually default to 10 miles an hour default it to the speed that your rifle is okay so with this kind of stuff with the apps You know, it's really, really about getting that solid data and then going back and matching it up after the fact and not trying to do it. The biggest mistake I see people making is trying to dope, shoot, and learn at the same time your head's in the phone looking at the app. Remember, your app cannot match your rifle or, you know, your rifle can't match your app. Your app has to match your rifle system. So let's shoot the rifle first and get that data. Then we can match it. All right. And it's still like that. I'm kind of, you know, 600 seems to be the right zone for that muzzle velocity adjustment. And then the BC at 800. And we're finding that's giving us really good solutions. I'm still a bit confused. And I'm going to try it in Alaska again. We're going to do some stuff. Uh, mainly because it's a rep at distance and we just, I think it really helps shooting your groups at 300 yards because the groups are going to open up so much and Alaska has next to no wind. You know what I mean? And and I'm actually thinking about doing a video. I don't know what camera I'm going to bring up, if any, like beyond the GoPro. I might bring my little like light handheld guy up just so I can um do a little bit with it. But I like this this range for this kind of confusion deal. Here's here's an here's again it's going to go back into the wind but the spin drift and the apps and the whole thing and it's a great example of what I've been trying to say to people. The, the it's Alaska has thick woods, right? The woods are really thick. They're dense. And this range is cut into the middle of it. Well, when you hit the 200-yard mark, right, like 150, it's like 150 to 300. 
it's a bog swamp on the left. And the wind comes from the north and it comes from the left. So you have this bog swamp, which is huge, that has no trees. Okay? It's wide open behind, behind the almost the entire range. So you get wind comes through that bog swamp and it's funneled. The dense woods blocks so much of that wind. So we really only ever see a two or three mile an hour wind when we are reading it and we see it. It's pretty low. It's less than five. But there'll be situations where guys will go, there's no wind. And I go, nah, dude, there is. You just can't feel it here and you don't see it. It's there, though. When you're crossing that bog swamp area, it's coming through there, okay? Because the trees are blocking most of it. And what you'll get is you'll get like that half mil of miss at 1,000 yards to the right. In, in so many people's heads back in the day, and even today, because they hear it, spindrift, 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 that... I got to dial that spin drift in, but it's wind. Even though you can't read any wind at your position, it's there at 200. And if you went, if you're shooting a thousand yards and you're looking mid range, most people are going to look at six, five and six, right? Right there. No wind because the trees are there and there's a bigger berm. It it then, there's like a hill. So would you even have more block? Then it goes down and right at a thousand, there's this little kind of spot. So maybe you'll catch a little mirage moving at the target because it opens up a little bit out there. But you can look in the wrong place to see it. So that's why these apps, you got to understand, they're not a solution to your bad shooting. They're there to give you the best possible call for your data under various conditions that you now no longer have to like hyper keep track of. You do, but at, you know, like a Kestrel wise, it's doing it for you. You don't have to keep up on the changes in temperature, you know, the Kestrel is. So as the temperature is changing throughout the day, which temperatures are going to be your biggest variation, the Kestrel's keeping up with that. Cause we did have guys, excuse me, in the class, asking you know why is my kestrel numbers constantly moving well one because it's a pressure meter okay it's not a gps for like your 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 density altitude and your altitude is going to move that little bit ignore that's a pressure meter it's not a gps it doesn't know where you're standing to say this is x number of feet above sea level it's going off the air pressure and that air pressure will vary as temperatures change, as different things, so those little numbers moving up and down, you ignore it. And when it, and then and the other thing is, you'll see like a Kestrel, a lot of apps will bring you to that other decimal place. You don't need it. You only need that for. You can only dial 0.1, 0.2, 0.3, 0.4. Having a solution that's 0.15 doesn't. You know, yeah, you can go to 0.2 or you can keep it at 0.1. But that's all it's really that 0.15. The 5 isn't going to help you. So don't worry about that guy. You know, and that one will move a bunch based on that pressure uh, meter. But uh, 
I'm thinking about doing the, the, the class slightly different where there's an app portion of it. And it might be a case where we have to stay later on Saturday night. Maybe we'll get some food like the guys are saying. We can do a podcast with everybody. And maybe it is going to be a case of doing like an app class to get guys all on the same page. Like I said, the only bitch right now that I'm running into is there's so many apps and so many things going on. I mean, we, we as I mentioned, we recommend the TraceAll. I like TraceAll for, for uncorrected data. You know, if you're an iPhone user and, and all you need is your muzzle velocity, if you got a lab rate or a, or a magneto speed, that's all you need. Put it in TraceAll and you're going to be within two tenths right out the gate, probably pretty damn far. Hornaday, especially if you're using Hornaday's bullets, the Ford off. Big fan. It's free. We dig it. No drama. But we're also looking at another paid app because of the ability to share the feature set, the ability to put maps up is that Geo Ballistics. Okay, we've been talking with them. Mike's talking with them. And we're seeing a lot of good things with Geo Ballistics. And so I, they had reached out to me, God, two years ago, but on Instagram. And I never checked my Instagram messages or anything. And I saw it like after the fact. And I was just like, ah, it's too late. I'm not going to chase them down. There's a million apps. But then I'm looking at it because we're, we're, we're working with it a little bit right now. And there's a beta program going on. And as soon as I pulled up in the, in the kind of the sample 6.5 Creed is in there, I looked at it and I'm like, aha, light bulb goes off. Why is this app a little bit more accurate than some of the other ones? And it's banded BCs. It's BC, dude. I'm telling you, it's all about the BC. Banded BC. If you don't know what a banded BC is, I'm going to tell you. Okay. So your bullet, you shoot it. Think of wind at the target. Or no, back up. Think of wind. BC is your wind, right? Drop, wind, all that. So we got wind at the shooter, wind mid-range, and wind at the target. Wind at the shooter, mid-range, at the target. So now, banded BC is a BC for each of those zones. Okay? Each zone has a different BC. And this is how Sierra was doing it. G1, Sierra bans it. Well, what I looked at in the Geoballistic app, it was banded. Hornaday gives you a banded BC number if you go to their site. Now, in their app, they use axial form factor because it's radar. It's a custom drag model. Okay, that's what you're using. It's just free. And they call it axial form factor. And the difference between Hornaday's axial form factor and AB's custom drag model is you can adjust the axial form factor. Okay, your, your barrel's a little short, your muzzle velocity's down, you're going to bump it up. If, you're, if your barrel's long, your velocity's up, you're going fast, you're going to bump it down, right? That's you're moving the curve up and down based on your speeds, your muzzle velocity, because that affects BC, right? So now we ban them. We use our fast initial BC in the beginning, then it's going to go up and level off, max ord. We use a middle BC. Then it's coming down and slowing down. We use that 1.5 Mach number. 
So it's 2.5, 2.0, 1.5. You feed each one of those numbers into this software. And there is some like bullet flight from uh, Knight's Armament will do it. There's a couple out there that'll let you band BCs. Okay, I don't know them all off the top of my head anymore. I haven't paid attention. If you go to JBM online for free, go to like a Sierra 175, you'll see a Litz G7 number, but then you'll see another one that's like trademark thing, you know, it doesn't have a name on it. If you select that one, you'll see the banded numbers for a 175. It flies closer. It's what it's telling the software is a closer flight characteristic to the actual bullet flying, right? Because it's going to go fast, level out, slow down. So the BC's matching that. When we take a single number average, we're trying to take a thousand yards or more and use a single number average. Well, these three numbers work better. I am a much bigger fan of banding BCs. So I was like super psyched when I saw that with the geoballistics. Coffee. I'm having trouble breathing. That's why I'm kind of getting this hiccup thing. I'm I'm like Kim had a cold and everything, so I'm I'm kind of having a Oh, I need Flonase. My nose is like closed off. Well, we're just pollinating too. It's allergies. That's why I'm not breathing well. Um, so like the grill and everything outside the car all has the yellow pollen on it right now. And it's just beating me up that I just, I got to go downstairs and go get some Flonase so I could breathe. But it's making me like suck air and, and you guys can't hear it, especially I'm a mile closer. So I'm, I'm in thin atmosphere right now, and so I'm not breathing even doubly well. Allergy and thin atmosphere added together. So these banded BCs, to me, is the way to go. You know, outside of the axial form factor, which I think is super smart because it's raising both sides of the curve and it's not bending it one side versus the other. I mean, that's not to say this other software is wrong. It's just old. And I think... If you go to Sierra, Sierra has an external ballistic uh, website. Great, great data, totally into the weeds. And you can read about banded BCs. To me, I've always said, and if you go back to the old Frank versus Brian Litz arguments on Sniper's Hide, I've always been advocating for the banded BCs because it's, it's just, it's, it makes sense. You know what I mean? It makes perfect sense to me that... Start fast, level off, go slow. Put those three numbers in, and the computer given the ability to redraw the curve a little bit, that's why you see the, you know, that software working good. But um, I'm definitely looking at uh, the, the software side of it. Um, you know, now that I know there's a guy in the flight with me, I don't know how much we'll be bullshitting, but I'm going to be trying to work on some of this. And as I said, I'm going to be redoing the PowerPoint and one of the things I'm going to look to do is to create a a ballistic um, lesson plan in my image. You know, um, I, I don't think I'm the, the you know, always 100% right or anything on this. But I think it's an easier way for more people. I think I'm... I'm a little more lower common denominator. I'm a little bit more universal truth than... 
you know, but at the same time, it's still effective. It still works. I could do it across all the software where I could do it. Now, you may not be able to ban BCs, but I could still fix the average. Remember, that average is based on those conditions under that rifle with that ammo on that day. They're just giving you an a, 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 a bigger, I guess, is a way of doing it average instead of it being a five round average or a 10 round average maybe it's a 50 round average I don't know but it's an average and I I really think that if it wasn't freeware if it wasn't the ability for people to go get this engine the software this army you know the the ballistic calculator and plug it into an app if if they thought about it they could really make it good. You know, not that I think Coldboard does it, Traceal has it, you know, this ballistics geoarc, but I think they can do even more. But in my mind, what happens is these guys try to not deviate so much from what everyone else is doing. Because if it's like an extra three steps, you're going to go for the cheap, easy one. You know what I mean? Even though those three steps might yield you monster dividends, it's still human nature. Guys are going to be like, nah, I'm only going to do that one. That one's better. Everybody likes that. They don't like to do this thing. And it's about educating the consumer, educating the end user to say, this is the elements of your data that's really going to help. But the number one thing is you got to go out there and you got to be shooting well you got to group it and be consistent. If your if your groups aren't sub-minute, then you really got to make sure you're shooting a big enough group and then taking the center average of that. You know what I mean? That's going to be your best bet. And then you have to understand the variations and the outliers out there. When you throw a flyer, that's probably within your group. You know, know your 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 limits. Know your specs. And, and that'll help out. But, um... No, it's some fun stuff, man. It's all great kind of delving in and getting back into like, you know, training season and seeing all these things and how to make it easier and how to spin people up quicker. You know, because we want to avoid the the old mantras of get a case of ammo and go out and shoot. Yeah, reps matter, but it's reps with knowledge. You know, it's reps with education behind it. It's not just reps with bad habits. And that's exactly what the guy from Alaska is saying. I don't want to reinforce my bad habits. And you really don't. And, and that's something we see all the time. You know, so um, it, it's, it's having that knowledge. And that's why we're throwing these knowledge bombs out there as much as we can in, in some truth bomb stuff. So... All right, man. I, I, I can't think of anything else that I got going on that I'm doing. I got to work on some computer stuff. Uh, my mouse has been acting up, so I got the different mouse and shit. I like wired mice better, you know, but I got this um, Logitech, like, MX deal, and all of a sudden, like, the little contr- – it's, it's, it's coming up normal. Everything looks great. It's updated, and yet none of the little controls work. I can't go backwards. I can't do this. I can't do that. So it's pissing me off, so I'm going to retire it or something for now. So I got to do a little bit more computer work and keep adding software back. And then I got to sync up my laptop, make sure it's all good. I got to do my iPad, get on the plane tomorrow, see Sean. Um, 
and then see everybody in the class be at the Sheep Creek, Sheep Creek Lodge. Some of the guys are vacationing. I know Brandon and different guys. I'm missing a few. But if you guys are up and vacationing in Alaska, man, Sheep Creek Lodge, that's where we're at. If you're, if you're cutting through and we're not doing classes or something going on and you're cutting through Anchorage, Wiggies, Seward, Seward right, S-E-W-A-R-D, um, Wiggies, right next to Starbucks and Papa John and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, I will be seeing everybody up there Friday, and uh, I'll be up there late, late on Thursday night. But Friday we'll, we'll be uh, touching base with everybody, getting it all set up and ready to roll. And we'll be talking to you then. All right, guys, have a great one, and we're out. This isn't me. I just grabbed some stock music that I had, but it was funny anyway. <laughs>